René, what I see is that a lot of companies are hiring SREs now instead of operations people. Did our industry change again? Is it DevOps? The 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 next DevOps? Yeah, I think I think what you see uh, here, and you dislike it as much as I do. Uh, it's again our industry taking a hip term and then well sticking not on every single thing. So now the new or maybe not so new term is SRE, Site Reliability Engineer. But I think most companies that actually search for SREs don't know exactly what an SRE is. So maybe we should do something about it. Yeah. Let's not make SREs the next microservices exactly. or Agile or Scrum. Let's discuss it in a episode of the Lead Podcast. Okay, let's go. The Lead Podcast, a podcast for leaders in engineering, architecture, and development. So, René, um, SRE, where, where did it come from and, and what's the, the definition of what an SRE is compared to an operations or DevOps engineer? Or yeah, I, I think that uh, the SRE, the term, it stands for Site Reliability Engineer. And mm -hmm. I think uh, when you look at it, it's actually quite an old uh, profession already. Although mm -hmm. it might seem that it is something new and hip, it was actually invented by, uh, by Google, by, uh, by a guy called uh, Benjamin Trainerslos. Mm -hmm. And he was uh, back in the days when uh, Google was actually scaling up really big time in their, uh, in their data centers. He was responsible for making their operations team a little bit more effective. Because if you, yeah, you can imagine if you have a data center with, I don't know, gazillions of servers mm -hmm. that you need to maintain, that is not a manual task that you that you want to yeah. do. And and if you have services like Google Search or Gmail or any other big uh, Google service that is out there, and you need to run that as a feature team, maybe you need a bit of extra help when it comes to reliability. And that's why Benjamin Trainer-Sloss said, well, we need to have special kind of operations people, not traditionally uh, scholared uh, operations people that, yeah, well, take a ticket and maybe do some manual actions to repair it or to reboot yeah. the machine, but, but people that are true engineers, uh, not only for servers and infrastructure, but also engineers in terms of software code. And looking at software code, not from an angle of a business perspective in features, mm -hmm. but more like, how can we make this service run more optimally? Because you can imagine, if you need uh, a bigger machine to run a service, it, it also costs a lot of extra money. Yeah. So those people that are really proficient in engineering, looking at code and looking at infrastructure and really automating and optimizing that, those were called site reliability engineers. So they are not responsible for making the application work when it's broken, right? or they might also help with that, but they also help with scaling it to a million users, uh, making it perform better, making it more high available, all those kind of things. Yes. So how does that work in relationship with DevOps? Because you and I, all, we both like the DevOps mantra, you build it, you run it, making teams responsible for building their application but also owning it when it's running in production so they they really focus on 
also on the quality aspects. Uh, is SRE something that that fits together with that, or is it a competitive yeah, angle? I, yeah. yeah, I think uh, it's it's a good question. It, it it is actually a little bit of of all, um, but maybe maybe to 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 little bit uh, set the context a little bit more. So if you look at the definition of site reliability engineering, so it's it's an engineering discipline. So it's mm -hmm. about engineering, devoted yep. to uh, helping an organization sustainably achieve the appropriate level of reliability in mm -hmm. their systems and services. And I think the key word here is appropriate yeah. and reliability. So the, the, the second part that your question is about was more on the reliability. So where do they focus on in an application? And I think, well, if you, if you build it, you run it, a DevOps team, they focus on everything. They should focus on the security aspects. They should yeah. they focus on the business. They focus on the infrastructure, the deployability, but also on the reliability or the performance of your application. Mm -hmm. But if you if you are a little bit bigger and you need to run Google search, um, the engineers in the team or in the teams that run it, they do not sometimes have the the real deep dive uh, skills and knowledge to actually go into the the level of deep de detail to to really dive into performance reliability and availability problems yeah. and 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 so that's why sometimes you say well you have people with the role that you can add to a team but you can also say well we have a different a, a, a different team with site reliability engineers and they are being lent out to, for example, the DevOps teams. That's the model that Google chooses. Mm -hmm. You can earn an SRE. Um, yeah. And that doesn't mean they do all your operations, but they help you making your application a more little reliable. more reliable. Yeah, so I like the appropriate part as well, but that goes for DevOps teams who own everything as well, right? Um, making your application as, as reliable as needed by the business is is important. Yes. Uh, I see a lot of teams like uh, gold plating, uh, their reliability, focusing on it a lot more than maybe that, that what is needed. Um, so uh, from a DevOps perspective, owning all of it and making the right decisions is a, is a good way. Uh, but I understand that in, in the current day and age, when we're building web scale applications, it is it is becoming a lot for us to yes. to understand, right? And we already had a, an episode about platform engineering where we said there are so much things to know as a DevOps engineer working in your team, working on on features, working on your security, working on the reliability, uh, the infrastructure, all of those things. So I think everyone should have a basic knowledge about reliability, but when you expand to millions of users then some extra expertise could be uh well could really work to to have that added to your team yeah yeah and i think that uh what because part of the definition and you touched on it as well it's not only that um uh, that the, the devops teams already need to do a lot of stuff uh, when it comes to all the skills that they need so and then also again like the deep dive knowledge on on reliability but i think the word appropriate is also very very important in this definition because what i see a lot in companies is that on top of all the things they need to know 
they also need to uh, maintain a 99.99999 whatever nines uh, yeah. uh, availability rate. And I think that is not appropriate for the most applications. Yeah. Uh, but in, in many organizations, especially the bigger ones, they just have with their operations team, they have written down an SLA, you should do a 99.9% availability, uh, that is the KPI and that is where you are measured on. Yeah. And that goes for every single server, application or service that you are running in your data center or in your cloud. And now, well, that's it. But when you look at it, that is not appropriate. If you run a Christmas card application that needs to run once a year, why should it be a 99.9% .9 available? Mm -hmm. Or something that is used only during business hours in the Netherlands, why should it be available in the Netherlands? And I think... At night, you mean? Uh, yeah, sorry, yeah. Uh, at night. So I think it's very important to... to, to before you even dive into yeah. SREs or who is going to do it, is it in the DevOps team or is it a separate person or whatever, dive into, do I have the right appropriate uh, reliability or availability figures that I'm measuring yeah. my people and my application on? Yeah, that, that's often a discussion. When I, when I talk to people from the business, they always say, it needs to work all the time, Excellent. right? That's the, that's the initial answer. But they, they don't often know what the implications are of that, right? Yes. So the more nines you add to your availability, the, the harder it gets to, uh, to change something, to, to do certain experiments. So there's a, there's a, the cost of change will go up drastically. Yeah. So yeah. I, I once had a, had a conversation uh, had a customer. They, had, they made this automation for um, people who, who replace it um, uh, the windows of cars when there was there was a stone hit the car uh, the window and it needs to be replaced they they all had these computers to get their work orders and stuff like that and it was really important they said that they needed to update those uh, that software and it was really important that those people who were working on the windows they always had that computer working so it it needs to be up all the time when those people were working um and they all all the backend systems that that filled in their work orders and those kind of things also needed to have that same um, same uptime. But then I asked them, okay, but how many actual work orders are on such one device already, right? So how often do new work orders get, go in? They said, well, every, there, there's about four hours of work on that machine uh, at, at a certain moment of time. So I said, so what happens if the network disconnects from that machine? Well, nothing. Okay, wh what happens when it is down for one hour? Nothing. What happens when it is down for three and a half hours? Basically nothing. Nothing. Um, yeah, if, if it's out for more than four hours, then those people start running out of work. Exactly. And I, thi I, th I think that, that that proves the point that uh, that's why I said first focus on appropriate instead of yeah. reliability or, uh, or, or hiring people with a certain role yeah. because you hire these people, these site reliability engineers, to get your reliability in order. Yeah. Uh, to, to, to get to a certain point. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the point that I wanted to make with that example is that even if you come up with an appropriate number, uh, this number was only during work time, it's not the same number for all the components in your, in your software chain. Right. Exactly. So only the machine that the, the person was actually working on needed to be online or otherwise he didn't know what to do 
but all the network connections and new orders coming in, that could have a far lower number. So what I often see is that people just plot one number on everything. And I think the appropriate part also goes to please choose the right number for your different components. Yes. And then I think also uh, in line with that, if you have chosen a number, whatever mm -hmm. number it is, then the next part is how are you then actually going to measure yep. that you are reaching that number or not reaching that number. Yeah. And I think that 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 brings me to 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 the another important point in uh, in this whole uh, SRE discussion uh, that you see often uh, when talking about uh, uh, SRE or is mentioned when 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 SRE is discussed, and that is called the SLOs, the SLIs, and the SLAs. Mm -hmm. So most people know what an SLA is, right? Yes. Uh, Maybe you can explain. Yeah. So an SLA is a contract between a certain party and their customers on the service that they are going to provide. Yes. And that's just a contract with often financial implications if you don't reach it. Um, but it's it's an, an agreement on the outside with your customers. Exactly. So how do SLOs and SLIs tie into this? Yes. So let's say that you have an SLA with your customer of 99.9%. .9 of what? Of Yeah, exactly. Of what? So that is that is more often than not left out or maybe uh, available 99.9% available that is not enough because what is available uh, you don't mm -hmm. know what available is because the customer says it's not available and then you are hitting F5 on your machine and it works perfectly fine so where is the problem is it in the network or is it in the computer or is it in the computer of the consumer you don't know so you need to be a little bit more specific and that's why they came up with uh, something that they called an SLI, a service level indicator. Mm -hmm. A service le level indicator is a very, well, uh, at atomic unit, very, very small, something that you can measure. For example, the number of successful HTTP calls mm -hmm. divided by the total number of HTTP calls. That gives you a percentage. So let's say you have 10 HTTP calls, they're 100 in total, 10 are successful, so you have a 10% success rate. Mm -hmm. um, that is not specific enough because you need to also make it so specific that you are going to tell where are you going to measure that. Is that measured on the web server? Is it measured on the load balancer? Or is it measured in the browser or the browser of the client or mm -hmm. whatever? So yeah. you are going to measure the number of successful HTTP calls at the load balancer. And yeah. that needs to be higher than something so that target or that objective that you set on on that sli then we are going to the slos the service level objectives mm -hmm. so you can for example say 80 percent of the http calls needs to be successful yeah. measured at the load balancer so that that brings you into the recipe of okay this is an slo and you have a number of those so the number of uh, the http calls maybe uh, the time that it takes to complete something the number yeah. of orders that are stored in the database i don't know something that 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 makes sense for your business it, it is about the customer right yeah it is about the customer but it's important that they the measurements are in your in your span of control exactly right it's, it's hard to measure something at the customer's web browser because you don't know where that customer is maybe somewhere in, in the desert or uh, something where, where there's a very bad reception so measuring it somewhere that you still control is 
is something that you you want to set your objectives on exactly. because then you can actually steer on them. Yeah, so by making them so specific, you should focus on that uh, in your scope. Uh, and now, in in the SLAs, they are sometimes like ninety nine percent available. Yeah, and 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 then when when the shit hits the fan, mm-hmm. how do you know that you are going to reach it or not? Uh, so that I- that is a problem. So one key thing of of SLAs, and I expect also for SLOs and SLIs then or at least SLOs, is the amount of time you set for your SLA. Is that an SLA of a day? Yes. Or is it an SLA of a month or a year? Because that has quite some implications. Yeah, yeah that's, that is a very good one. And that uh, also has to do something with the appropriate level. So uh, we already had the, the, the story where we say, yeah, companies have just a percentage. So I, I hear so many product owners shout, we need to have a 99.99% availability. So do you know, Geert, how, how much time it is where you have a 99.99% availability? How much time per day? You can be down per day. That's that's in seconds, right? So uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is in seconds. Yeah, so it's it's about nine seconds in a day that you can be down when you have that kind of an SLA with your customer. So what can you do in nine seconds, right? You cannot even reboot uh, your your web server when it comes mm-hmm. to that. But also the time span, it is important because per day it is about nine seconds per year uh, it gives you 52 minutes yeah it, it's still low but it gives you some capabilities of actually yeah. uh, doing certain things yeah. especially when you're making this contract with your customer um, each day you go over these nine seconds that's that's a breach yes and even if it takes you 10 seconds you're breaching your SLA yes and with an yearly SLA you can have a number of outages of 10 seconds without breaching your SLA. Exactly. Right? So it, yeah, it's yeah. the same number, it's the same number. but yeah. very different yeah. implications. So it is very important to make that part of your agreement. So what are you agreeing on? Is it a day, a month, a week, or whatever? Yeah. So that, that is in the, indeed a good good one. So Azari brought us these terms like uh, SLOs. How do you actually... How, how do teams actually use these objectives what what's the the goal of an objective how do i set them compared to my sla yeah uh, yeah i think that, that that is also a good one because uh, what what was google ran into they also came up with this slo and slas uh, slo and slis mm-hmm. um, is that there is always this 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 battle between uh, yeah, well, the operations people or, or or the people that are responsible for the reliability of a mm-hmm. system, and on the other side, the business people that want to have features, and you can always uh, you can already hear them shouting in your head like, ah, I want more features. No, no, no. We need to work on this uh, technical depth, otherwise the application will be slow, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So who wins? And uh, I think that they used SLOs and SLIs actually as a yeah, as a remedy for this battle. So mm-hmm. they said, well, if we if we can make our SLOs very, very clear, and we can also measure that, then it is there is no doubt that we are looking at the same things. So that is the whole idea of making it so specific. Then we have the percentage per unit of time. So then we also know, are we reaching it? Are we over it? So uh, are we doing good or are we doing bad? Mm-hmm. So, 
there was an agreement on that. So the business and the reliability people said, okay, let's agree on, let's say, an 80% uh, as a low. Starting with low numbers today. Low, num <laughs> low numbers today. Um, so, and then the second part of that agreement was, so if you have a reliability higher than that 80%, that means that you have yeah, room to spare. You have room left in your in your performance. You're doing better than expected. Mm -hmm. And we agreed on 80%. So you don't have to have a reliability of 95. Mm -hmm. So that means that you have a 15% error budget. Yeah. 20% even. Uh, yeah, if you have 80% and 95, then it's 15. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah so of course, yeah. yeah. Then you have 15% error budget in which you can experiment. So that gives the team room to say, well, um, we are more reliable, so let's try a new deployment mechanism, or let's try to, uh, I don't know, split it out on multiple servers, or let's yeah. test this out, that scalability. Taking issue. some risk, Taking calculated some risk. risk. Exactly, <coughs> to, to do something. And because it is within the error budget, they can, they can experiment uh, until it hits the 80%. So then the business can also not complain, no, 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 you should work on business features instead because blah, blah, blah. The other side of the story is that if you are below the 80%, uh, if you are not doing so well, then the reliability team can say, well, stop, stop, stop. You are not working on features anymore. You are mm -hmm. below that 80%, so the system is not reliable enough. Drop all the w feature work. We are first going to improve the reliability of the system together to yeah. bring it up until 80% again. And then you can do whatever you like to, uh, to, yeah. uh, to, to experiment around. Or so it is really used as a contract between the business and uh, the DevOps teams or the, the reliability yeah. teams to, to, to measure. Yeah, so work. you don't need to have a reliability team for this. It's just a, a practice that, that originated from the SRE practice yes, basically exactly. so it's an SRE practice but you don't have a have to have an SRE team you can do also do this just uh, if you have a DevOps team you can do these kind of things yeah okay um, so I expect when that 80% was the SLO then you actually have an SLA that's even a bit lower than that right so there, there needs to be some room Yes, in between there as exactly. Well. Yeah, if you have an SLA of uh, 99.9%, .9%, then there is not so much room to uh, to fill. So your SLA is always a little bit lower than the SLOs because mm. the SLOs are the internal agreements between the team and the business. Yeah. And uh, the SLA is the commercial agreement between the company and, and, mm -hmm. and the end user. Okay. We, we looked into... Um, into some SRE practices. So what if we actually want to look at the SRE role a bit more, like mm -hmm. how how was the original idea of what an SRE uh, should be? You, al you already mentioned it's it's a bit more, it's an engineer, eh? the, the E stands for engineer, so it's more than just operations. Yes, yes. So maybe it all started with operations but i think it is important to uh, to see that if you if you if you look at the model of of google they have this big team of of sres and a devops team that is doing you build it you run it as as we we, we know and love mm -hmm. um, they can earn an sre 
but only when, when their service is already like a million plus users, etc., etc. So not just yeah. every team can have an SRE. You need to really earn it. Your application needs to be of a certain quality. It needs to be of a certain reliability, etc., etc. And, and it has to have certain business value, and right? It, of course, it needs to have the business value. Yeah. So then, then you can have uh, one or two uh, SREs uh, doing work for your team. Uh, and as I said in the beginning, it's not like then you can throw all the uh, operational work out out to the SRE. So what 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 Google uh, uses is a model of like 50-50. So they do 50% of operational work. So working on uh, maybe incidents, on tickets, on, on stuff that happens with the application mm -hmm. that needs to be fixed. So that's 50%. Um, and the other 50%, and of course the percentage can differ a little bit. Uh, yeah, of course. It also depends on the maturity of your team, exactly. your application. But, but the, in the other 50%, they are doing project work. And that means that they, they are working on their own SRE projects. That is automating a lot of stuff that needs to be automated. They, they call that toil. So that is, that is manual process that adds no value to, to mm -hmm. the business. So like rebooting a machine. Yeah, if you have to do it at once a year, not a big deal. If you have to do it uh, 12 times a day to keep an yeah. application running, that will take a lot of uh, a lot of uh, context switching and time. So then, that is a project like let's automate the process of rebooting this VM, for example. Yeah. But I think it also goes further. If you could re-architect the application so you don't need the VM anymore, exactly. that could also be like a project that falls under SRE. Exactly. If you don't add any business features, but only focus on reliability or exactly uh, on the reliability uh, uh, is uh, yeah. issues of, of, of the project or like automating toil all the yeah. stuff that you don't want to have within your project and the good part is also that if like th they do 50% of operational work if there is more there is more incidents or m yeah. more uh, tickets coming in it's not that they are going to scale up the SRE people or they are going to work harder on tickets no that moves to the DevOps team it's there mm -hmm own garbage uh, yeah. that, 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 that occurs, so they also need to work with them. The SRE does 50%, the rest moves off uh, offloads to the team. Yeah. So yeah, I like that I like that concept, because if you, if you don't set hard guidelines on that, you know what will happen, right? Yeah. The, the SRE person will just be yeah. uh, closing tickets exactly. all day. Exactly, it, it will be, it will be the, 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 the drainage of, uh, of the team. Yeah. Everything, everything will it will, will flow there. Yeah. Yeah, and I think um, looking at the engineering side, as you said, uh, they can also take up their own projects to actually improve applications, um, redesign certain infrastructure parts, etc. It's it's far more actually an engineering job uh, with development yeah. in there compared to operations um, yeah, tasks. And I think that that closes the circle very nicely because we started with the question, so like what is the difference between an operations and an SRE? Uh, I think there is a big difference. An SRE mm -hmm. really focuses on more the, the real hardcore reliability issues of an application and helps to make it better and to better, to better skill. And I think the traditional operations, yeah, they, they are doing all kinds of yeah, manual ticket work, uh, but also they're focusing on a lot of issues with the system and are usually the ones that can fix the problems of the development teams. Mm -hmm. And what, uh, what, what, what we started with the question, uh, many companies look for SREs now. If you are an SRE or, or you consider to be an SRE, 
please check with uh, with with the company that you are uh, talking with. Are you actually looking for SREs, as stated in the literature, or are you just using a different term for the operations guy or girl that needs to just close tickets for other people? Yeah, yeah, making uh, using hip terms in your um, in your vacancies doesn't get you better people. No. I, I think you even get worse. Yeah. Uh, people and you get a, a bad reputation if you use these kind of terms and actually do something completely uh, yeah. a, a, an actual SRE might come and look at that and like nah. no they they just don't get it exactly, um, exactly. so uh, yeah I think that is it um, I think that we covered the basics of uh, of SREs and yeah. uh, I hope you learned something from it yeah great uh, on to the next episode yes thank you very much thanks for listening bye 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 the Need Podcast, a podcast for leaders in engineering, architecture, and development.